Chapter Five of Aunt Jane's Nieces in the Red Cross by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Chapter Five, Nearing the Fray. On September twenty-eighth, they entered the English Channel and were promptly signalled by a British warship. So they were obliged to lay to while a party of officers came aboard. The Arabella was flying the American flag and the Red Cross flag, but the English officer courteously but firmly persisted in searching the ship. What he found seemed to interest him, as did the papers and credentials presented for his perusal. "'And which side have you come to assist?' he asked. "'No side at all, sir,' replied Jones, as master of the Arabella. "'The wounded, the sick, and helpless, whatever uniform they chance to wear, will receive our best attention.' But we are bound for Calais and intend to follow the French army The officer nodded gravely Of course said he you are aware that the channel is full of mines and that progress is dangerous unless you have our maps to guide you I will furnish your pilot with a diagram Provided you agree to keep our secret and deliver the diagram to the English officer you will meet in Calais They agreed to this and after the formalities were concluded the officer prepared to depart i must congratulate you he remarked on leaving on having the best equipped hospital ship it has been my fortune to see there are many in the service as you know but the boats are often mere tubs and the fittings of the simplest description the wounded who come under your care will indeed be fortunate it is wonderful to realize that you have come all the way from america and at so great an expense to help the victims of this sad war for the allies i thank you and good-bye they remembered this kindly officer long afterward for he proved more generous than many of the english they met captain carg now steamed ahead watching his chart carefully to avoid the fields of mines but within two hours he was again hailed this time by an armored cruiser the first officer having advised the ship's papers they were spared the delay of another search and after a brief examination were allowed to proceed they found the channel well patrolled by warcraft and no sooner had they lost sight of one than another quickly appeared at cherbourg a french dreadnought halted them and an officer came aboard to give them a new chart of the minefields between there and calais and full instructions how to proceed safely this officer who spoke excellent english asked a thousand questions and seemed grateful for their charitable assistance to his countrymen you have chosen a dangerous post said he but the red cross is respected everywhere even by the germans have you heard the latest news we have driven them back to the Aisne and are holding the enemy well in check antwerp is under siege to be sure but it can hold out indefinitely the fighting will all be in belgium soon and then in germany our watchword is on to berlin perhaps we ought to proceed directly to ostend said uncle john the germans still hold it monsieur in a few days perhaps when belgium is free of the invaders you will find work enough to occupy you at ostend but i advise you not to attempt to go there now in spite of the friendly attitude of this officer and of the authorities at cherbourg they were detained at this port for several days before finally receiving permission to proceed the delay was galling but had to be endured until the infinite maze of red tape was at an end 
they reached calais in the early evening and just managed to secure an anchorage among the fleet of warships in the harbour again they were obliged to show their papers and passports now vised by representatives of both the english and french navies but this formality being over they were given a cordial welcome uncle john and ajo decided to go ashore for the latest news and arrived in the city between nine and ten o'clock that same evening they found calais in a state of intense excitement the streets were filled with british and french soldiery with whom were mingled groups of citizens all eagerly discussing the war and casting uneasy glances at the black sky overhead for signs of the dreaded german zeppelins how about antwerp jones asked an englishman they found in the lobby of one of the overcrowded hotels the man turned to stare at him he looked his questioner up and down with such insolence that the boy's fists involuntarily doubled then he turned his back and walked away a bystander laughed with amusement he also was an englishman but wore the uniform of a subaltern what can you expect without a formal introduction he asked young jones but i'll answer your question sir antwerp is doomed oh do you really think so inquired uncle john uneasily it's a certainty although i hate to admit it we at the rear are not very well posted on what is taking place over in belgium but it's said the bombardment of antwerp began yesterday and it's impossible for the place to hold out for long perhaps even now the city has fallen under the terrific bombardment there was something thrilling in the suggestion and then asked jones almost breathlessly the man gave a typical british shrug then we fellows will find work to do he replied but it is better to fight than to eat our hearts out by watching and waiting we're the reserves you know and we've hardly smelled powder yet after conversing with several of the soldiers and civilians the latter being mostly too unnerved to talk coherently the americans made their way back to the quay with heavy hearts they threaded lanes filled with sobbing women many of whom had frightened children clinging to their skirts past groups of old men and boys who were visibly trembling with trepidation and stood aside for ranks of brisk soldiery who marched with an alertness that was in strong contrast with the terrified attitude of the citizens there was war in the air fierce relentless war in every word and action they encountered but it had the effect of depressing the newcomers that night an earnest conference was held aboard the arabella as i understand it here is the gist of the situation began ajo the line of battle along the aisne is stationary for the present at least both sides are firmly entrenched and it's going to be a long hard fight antwerp is being bombarded and although it's a powerful fortress the general opinion is that it can't hold out for long if it falls there will be a rush of germans down this coast first to capture dunkirk a few miles above here and then calais itself in other words continued uncle john this is likely to be the most important battleground for the next few weeks now the question to decide is this shall we disembark our ambulances and run them across to ara beginning our work behind the french trenches or go to dunkirk where we are likely to plunge into the thickest of the war we're not fighters you know but non-combatants bent on an errand of mercy there are wounded everywhere 
they considered this for a long time without reaching a decision for there were some in the party to argue on either side of the question uncle john continued to favor the trenches as the safest position for his girls to work but the girls themselves realizing little of the dangers to be encountered preferred to follow the fortunes of the belgians they've been so brave and noble these people of belgium said beth that i would take more pleasure in helping them than any other branch of the allied armies but my dear there's a mere handful of them left protested her uncle i'm told that at dunkirk there is still a remnant of the belgian army very badly equipped but most of the remaining force is with king albert in antwerp if the place falls they will either be made prisoners by the germans or they may escape to holland where their fighting days will be ended for the rest of the war however there is no need to decide this important question tonight tomorrow i am to see the french commandant and i will get his advice the interview